Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you and enjoy. As nurslings, you shall be carried in her arms and fondled in her lap. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. In Jerusalem, you shall find your comfort. My dear friends, this great message of hope leads us to ask ourselves, just what is my image of God and of the church? Just what is my image of God and of the church? When I was in college uh, up in Massachusetts, I got involved in the Newman Center, the Newman Club. A lot of colleges, universities have this kind of Catholic fellowship group uh, named after John Henry Cardinal Newman, an English theologian whom Pope Francis just announced will be canonized. He's already beatified, so he'll be canonized in October, which is great news uh, for the church. But, you know, a a Catholic group, prayer, fellowship, faith, fun, uh, which was very important in my own uh, journey of faith and my own years of, of discernment. One of the things we did was we had a Catholic speaker series. And so when I was, it was my first year at college, and we had Cardinal Avery Dulles uh, come uh, and speak on campus. If the name doesn't sound familiar, that's okay. I had no, no idea who he was either. Uh, he was the first American to be named a cardinal. He was a Jesuit. Uh, and his father is the one after whom the airport in D.C. is named. Dulles International Airport. His father was John Foster Dulles, the Secretary of State under Eisenhower, his father at that, or his uncle at that same time was Alan Dulles, who was the head of the CIA. In short, a very, very politically connected uh, family, Protestant, Presbyterian. By the time Avery got to college, he went to Harvard. He was agnostic. And by the time he left, he was a Catholic. And then a couple years later, after some military service, he joined the Jesuits. So you can imagine for his Presbyterian family, it went from bad to worse. <laughs> So Avery entered the Society of Jesus and became one of the great lights of, of, the, of the Catholic Church uh, intellectually. And uh, so it was a real privilege to hear him speak. Rest assured, I don't remember anything of what he said in that talk. You know those Jesuits, they just sort of talk and talk and talk, and you don't, you don't really remember anything. But I do remember praying with him afterwards. We prayed a rosary with him afterwards in our little chapel. And he told us after that, afterwards that that was a great grace for him and it gave him great hope for the future of the church. Why do I mention all of this? Because later, years later in the course of my formation, I read a line from Avery Dulles that really resonated with me. And that I think has everything to do with today's readings. He said, the contemporary crisis of faith is a crisis of images. The contemporary crisis of faith is a crisis of images. And today's readings, friends, invite us, they even force us to wrestle with that question, just what is my image of God and what is my image of the church? We know, of course, that to answer this question, we need to keep our eyes fixed upon Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God. As Scripture tells us, He's the one, by looking at Him, we know who God is. By looking at Him, we also know who we are. We are made in His image and likeness, and we are the sheep of His flock. By looking at Jesus, we know who God is. By looking at Jesus, we know who we are. And this is really good news. Jesus, of course, is the one who teaches us to call God our Father. 
And we have beautiful images of God as Father in the New Testament. We can think of Luke 15, the prodigal son, where the father is just waiting for the son to come back. He's, he's on the threshold every day, waiting and peering into the horizon to see if today will be the day, and then he lavishes it, him with every gift and, and blessing. But we know that calling God our Father, which of course is great news, Abba, Papa, really, it can also uh, raise perhaps difficulties in our imagination of a God who's stern and aloof and emotionally distant. And so it's so important to complement that image with today's first reading from Isaiah because God is not, our image of God sometimes I think is a God who punishes us, a God who avenges and takes it out on us. But today we realize in this first reading from Isaiah that God is a God who comforts. That is who God is. God is a God who comforts. And to drill this point home, he uses this beautiful maternal metaphor. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. That this is the work of God. To comfort and to console us. To pick us up. To anoint us. And to make our hearts overflow with a sense of his goodness and of his love. This is why Pope Francis, this is an image very dear to Pope Francis, he has called for a revolution of tenderness in the church because this tenderness, this maternal tenderness is really at the heart of who God is as Father. As Father. And we see this too, of course, all throughout Jesus' public ministry that he's moved, the Greek word it means to really be moved in your entrails, moved with pity, moved in the womb, as it were. That this is who God is. The name of God, as Pope Francis said, says, is mercy. The name of God is mercy. But what we have to see too is that this maternal metaphor in Isaiah, it comes in the context of a much larger metaphor where it's Jerusalem that is compared to the mother. Right? As nurslings, you shall be carried in her arms. That is to say, Jerusalem's arms. And fondled in her lap. The metaphor then shifts where, where God says, as a mother comforts her child, I will comfort you. So there's a whole larger metaphor, feminine metaphor, of Jerusalem being compared to as a mother. And from the very earliest times uh, in, in our Christian faith, we have read this as a metaphor for the church. The church being the new Jerusalem, both on earth and in heaven, the place where the temple is built, the place where the people assemble, and our mother. And this, of course... Uh, can be difficult in an age in it, it, where, quite frankly, we are uh, frustrated, scandalized, hurt, and betrayed by some of the failures uh, of the church, by abuse and by cover-up. But all the more reason that we have to be honest with ourselves and have to do that hard work as a people to say, well, okay, what precisely is my image then of the church? And this is where Cardinal Dulles, I think, is really helpful because he wrote a book in the 70s or 80s that was a huge success called the Models of the Church. And he gives us a number of different models to understand the church. And he says that the problem is when we reduce our image of the church to just one of these models. And I think too often we do that. So for example, there's the institutional model, which we certainly need to have, right? Rome and the Pope and the bishops and the cardinals and the priests and the clergy. If we're not praying for the Pope and with the Pope at every Mass, we're just not Catholic anymore, right? So we need that institutional model, but we can't reduce the church to that institutional model. And so Cardinal Dulles gives us other models that are 
all part and parcel of our tradition. For example, the church as a community of disciples at the feet of Jesus. The church as servant, following Jesus' example and washing feet and burying the dead like the Good Samaritan on the way. The church as herald, going forth and proclaiming the good news to all nations. And he says again, we need a complementary understanding of these models and how they work together to give us a richer and fuller understanding of the church. I say all this because I think today's first reading and gospel give us two more models uh, for the church that can really help us understand who the church is and therefore who we are, but then also uh, who God is. And the first is precisely church as mother from this first reading. Exalt, exalt with her, with, with her. Oh, that you may suck fully of the milk of her comfort, that you may nurse with delight at her abundant breasts. Folks, this is why we call the church our mother. One of my favorite hymns, Immaculate Mary, it's the third verse. We pray for our mother, the church upon earth, and bless holy Mary, the land of our birth. Ave. Right, we pray for our mother, the church upon earth. And we bless Holy Mary, the land of our birth. If we call the church our mother, and if we constantly refer to the church as feminine, look not upon our sins, O Lord, but upon the faith of your church and grant her peace and unity, as we will soon say. If we call the church, if we call upon the church as feminine, if we imagine her as feminine, it's because Mary is really from the beginning the embodiment of the church. She is the one who shows us what it means to be church, what it means to receive Jesus, receive the word of God, to say yes to the word of God, and to become therefore a tabernacle of the living God, and to bear forth Jesus' presence in the world. And just as Mary then gave birth to Jesus and swaddled him and fed him and taught him how to speak with Joseph, of course, so too Mary and the church give us birth through the waters of baptism. This is where we become in the church, the new creation that Paul talks about in Galatians. And through the waters of baptism, we become that new creation. Through the life of liturgy and prayer, we learn how to talk like infants about God. We learn how to call upon God as our Father, Jesus as our Lord. We learn to invoke the Holy Spirit. And we are fed, of course, through the Eucharist. The church is our mother. She is our mother, our holy mother church. And we are called to be her sons and her daughters and to love her as our mother. And if we can do that, we can see beyond some of the institutional failures. That yes, those are betrayals, those are failures, but the church is still our mother. She is still the one who gives us birth. The church as hearth and as home, as creche and as cradle. Folks, this is why we come to church. Because the church is our hearth and our home. It is our foyer. It is our cradle. Where we are nourished, where we are fed, where we are anointed, where we are comforted as children of God. If God is the one who comforts us, as he uses that maternal metaphor, it's in the church. It's in the home of the church that God comforts us. This is good news. This is a great image of the church, the church's mother. But like any good mother, like any good parent... The church is interested not just in keeping her children to herself, but in giving them wings to soar and to go out into the world to proclaim the good news. And so it's our gospel then, and we need to complement 
that image of the church's mother with another image of the church that comes to us from the gospel, the image of the church as a field or as a vineyard where we are sent out to put our hand to the plow and to proclaim the good news. And this is a model of church that is also very dear to our Pope, who doesn't cease to call us and to remind us that we are sent out as missionary disciples. From the center, from the creche, from the cradle, we go out into the frontiers, into the peripheries of our world and our culture, where the name of Jesus Christ is not known. And we ask for the grace to... Proclaim that name through our presence, through word, and through deed. And perhaps the risk, again, I think there's a risk, is that the 72 that we hear about, well, we might say, well, that's the priests, or that's the pope, or those are the bishops. No, friends, you, you are the 72. You are the 72. And it is through you that the world, in your neighborhoods, in your places of work, that they are going to come and believe more deeply in Jesus Christ. You are the ones called to be light and leaven, salt in the world. To do this, St. Paul tells us we need to keep our eyes fixed upon the cross. Just two, I think, graces to take with us by way of conclusion. Right, St. Paul says that I may boast of nothing except of our cross, the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we have to be contemplating the cross, friends. If we want to proclaim, if we want to proclaim that the kingdom of God is at hand for someone else, for us, we have to keep our eyes fixed upon the cross. And then our gospel verse, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. We also have to be meditating upon the word of God. We have to be wrestling with the word of God if we're going to be like Mary, bearers of the word and bearers of Christ's presence in the world. So friends, we pray that you would come to your Lord Jesus and give us this grace, you who are the image of the invisible God, that you would purify our image of God and of church, and that you would make us in our turn images, signs and symbols convincingly in the heart of our world of your presence and of your church's ministry. Amen. St. Basil, pray for us. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org, or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church, Brexville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us. <laughs>